you know, was it a reason or experience that made you feel ready to revisit this memory? So one of my friends was over and he asked me what my deepest, darkest secret was. And I felt ashamed that my deepest, darkest secret was this about you being detained because I kind of learned to never talk about it. Then I realized that it shouldn't have to be a secret. From NPR and Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, an intimate letter from a daughter to her mother and the way family separation leaves a lifelong mark. Seventeen years ago, Ornella Pedroso was living with her mom, Violeta, in Los Angeles. Her mother had moved there from Peru. She was fleeing the Shining Path, a radical guerrilla group. In Peru, they're known as Sendero Luminoso, in English, SL for short. Violeta was raising four-year-old Ornella alone when one day in 2003, Violeta was taken away by ICE. She wouldn't come back to her daughter for seven months. For Ornella, this traumatic event existed as a painful yet unmentioned memory for years. Mommy, there are many things that I could never say to you from the perspective of a child because I never knew, understood, or wanted to know. A couple of months ago, Ornella, who's now a junior in college, wrote a letter to her mother about the complicated feelings she remembers having at that time. I can't even remember when I finally internalized the events of the day they took you or the seven-month period that followed. Today on Latino USA, Ornella will read excerpts of that letter that she wrote. But she also sits down with her mother, Violeta, in the studio. The two of them open up about the experience of being separated over a decade later. Ornella and Violeta take it from here. Okay. Hi, Mama. Hello. Hello, sweetie. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You are the first one. In your family, right? To come here? Yes, and the youngest. I was in Peru, finishing up the end last year of my high school. I was being harassed by the SL groups. I just didn't have a choice, but just kind of like, I need to get out. I can't breathe anymore. And later on, six months later, I know, I learned that my my, uh, older brother, two years older than me, had passed away. There has been an exchange of gunshots. He had gone to the SL groups as a leader. Later on, when I was trying to do my paperwork, I petitioned for asylum. I was sent a a letter with an appointment. We went down to uh, 300 North Los Angeles Street in downtown. We've arrived. You park the car, feed the meter a small fortune because we live in L.A., and take me out of the car seat. I'm tall as f- even as a four-year-old, so I ask if on the way back I can ditch the car seat, but you always tell me no. To keep you safe, you say. Mommy, we are not safe. Mommy, we are surrounded by ice. I don't even know what these words mean, mommy. I don't even know what an immigrant is. To me, the world is brown because we are. Brown hands, brown eyes, brown skin. I see you brown. Mommy, I love you brown. 
I love you, arroz verde. I love you, un beso grande. We should go home. To me, it was just a regular appointment. And then now, kind of, you know, within an hour or so. Mm-hmm. To my surprise, they um, said, come on in. So I went in, and um, they told me that I was going to stay. And I said, I have my daughter outside. And they said, well, then, you know, you can say goodbye to her, but, you know, you're not coming out. Mama, you come out of that man's office and walk towards me, soft. Your face was as soft as the fabric you are wearing. Your voice was, too. Nani, you croon. I have to go. Ya me voy, nani. Tia Vicky will take you home. Do you remember when you said goodbye to me? It was beginning of uh, October. So there was the preparations for the Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, in the next few months. And um, everything shattered. Um, my lawyers were doing everything that was in their capacity to to be able to bail me out and stuff. And they couldn't do much. You know, weeks and weeks went by. It just seemed like it was just going to never end. I, had no, I didn't know what to do. And um, my only worry was basically you. I was worried about what would be about you growing without a mom especially because I didn't feel like it was intentional. And uh, that made it difficult for me to know that if you ever remember or something happened to me, that you might feel that I abandoned you. And that was never the case. I visited you in San Pedro today at the detention facility. You wore a blue jumpsuit. The glass between us was thick, almost like you were on the other side of the world and your convex image was just an apparition. My knees dug into Tiabiki's legs so I could sit up on her and put my hand against the glass. Could you feel me through there, mommy? This place was cold like white, 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 and I am warm like brown, brown, brown. Reach back and you could feel it, I promise. It was not easy for me being in at all either. Particularly remember one time, Vicky, your, your auntie, Utia Vicky, brought you in. Long lines, and finally she was able to get in. They only had like 30 passes for the day. You had to be there early to get one. And uh, you came in with your flowers on hand, and you climbed up to the chair and said, Mama, I brought these flowers for you from Tia Vicky's garden. And I bit my tongue, and I just, I stopped. I I couldn't even cry. I didn't want you to have the memory that I was crying. And I said, thank you so much. I love it. I I love your flowers. He goes, Mama, take it. Through the glass window, I could not do it. And I said, they are so pretty. I said, why don't you take him home for me and take care of it? I remember it was about 3 o'clock. I went in my room and I went to sleep. I don't think I remember waking up to the next day. I sobbed and cried until I fell asleep eventually. But many of those visits were like that. I, I couldn't even touch your finger. I 
It's hard. Coming up on Latino USA, Violeta reunites with Ornella. Stay with us. No te vayas. Women in America have long vied for the highest political office, the presidency. This week on Throughline, how things have changed, and not, for female presidential candidates throughout American history. Throughline from NPR, the podcast where we go back in time to understand the present. And before the break, Ornella and Violeta spoke about what it was like to be separated from one another. Violeta eventually went to court, but she lost her asylum case. She continued to fight, though, and finally an immigration judge granted her a suspension of deportation. And so in May of 2004, Violeta was released from detention. Seven months had passed since she was first taken away by ICE. But the effect of Violeta's absence would last much longer than that. We return now to Violeta and Ornella's conversation. Do you ever feel any guilt about being in the detention center? Like, is there something you thought I felt towards you because you were away? Um, my guilt was knowing that I could never, ever recover those seven months. You know, we lied to you and we said, you know, there's going to be this guy or this officer that's going to give mama a paper, but it's going to take a while before you get that paper. That's all I could explain it to you. And you would say, mama, how long before the paper comes to you? And I said, I don't know, sweetie. They're working on it. Even the last day, um, I was supposed to be coming out. Something happened that night. I, I couldn't. That's didn't, not... didn't get out until the next day. I remember the next day. They were like, okay, your mom comes out today. Like, we're going to go get her today. I remember running down the stairs. I was so happy. And I remember I put my shoes on the wrong foot. That's something <laughs> I never forgot is that. I put my shoes on the wrong feet because I was so happy. (laughs) Um, I remember I had papers on my hand. I remember telling you. We brought you flowers. I brought you pay. I said, here's my paper, sweetie. I told you so. (laughs) You were so, mama, you have your papers. (laughs) It was very new. It's like coming, coming to America for the first time on the ride home to Vicky's house, I remember. Looking out the window, seeing people walking by, driving, just having a normal day. I felt like I'd been put away for a second in the closet until I was able to come out. 
it was hard to go home and know that everything was left seven months ago and, you know, pick up the pieces and continue life. I know for a long time things weren't brown the way they used to be because we knew that brown was vulnerable. Assimilation on, code switching on, hoops off, dark lipstick wiped away with a Neutrogena makeup wipe, almost hoping we could wipe away the memory of your detainment with it. You took two Benadryl every night after you came home because you couldn't sleep thinking that the guards would come in and wake you up at 3 a.m. again and force you to stand on your feet for 24 hours straight. It's for the same reason that I couldn't go back to downtown L.A. until I was well into high school. There was a huge collection of letters, I remember, you gave to me at the end of high school so that I could read it. My understanding was that when you were 18, considering that you were an adult, um, you would be able to understand better. Mm-hmm. I know high school, a few years were tough on you. And I just felt like, you know, once you graduate from high school, then you'll be able to take it better. It was tough to save it for so many years because um, it was just a reminder <laughs> of being separated from you. All right, so I'll read um, this little part about when I finally um, got the letters when I was in high school, all the letters you wrote me. So I'll read it to you. I wouldn't know for many years that the Hello Kitty stencil you drew was etched with wax paper and glued with toothpaste. I know if I opened it, if I read it, I would be all smiles. Hello Kitty, nice words from my mama. Brown and soft. In a decade and a half, give or take, this letter, one in a collection of many, will make my soul twist up and out of my mouth and I will wail until my ears are ringing. My eyes are swollen shut and I can't breathe. The letter then will be the key to the darkest memory I have ever known. For now, it's a key that opens a memory of a life we used to have together. It's so touching. I'm so sorry that you had to go through it. No, don't ever be sorry. It's not your fault at all. I don't blame you. Not even a little bit. I think I have a story through all of the um, ordeals we went through. At least um, it has a somewhat a happy ending. I could have been left uh, deported back home and I don't know what your life would have been like if you were going to have a chance to finish high school, if you would do college. Those are the things that always worried me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, hard experiences give you a chance to reevaluate yourself as a parent and being able to know where your priorities are. I'm happy that you are away from home, but, you know, fulfilling your wishes. And mm-hmm. it's, um, I couldn't ask for anything else in my life. I think I have all the blessings I need. Almost 30 years later, I'm barely getting through all my my legal paperwork, and hopefully I'm going to be okay. 
I can't wait. I have a huge stack of paperwork that I always said I'm going to burn for good because I have so much paperwork everywhere, um, and I'm still working through it. But I have my daughter here, so I'm not losing her. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> yeah, I lost too many people in between. I love you, te amo. Oh, I love you. Te adoro, hija. Thanks to Violeta and Ornella for sharing that very intimate story with us. This episode was produced by Adriana Tapia and edited by Sofia Palizacar. The Latino USA team includes Miguel Macias, Fernanda Camarena, Antonia Cerejido, Janice Yamoka, and Alisa Escarce, with help from Ginny Montalvo and Joanne DeLuna. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau and Julia Caruso. Additional engineering this week by Leah Shaw. Our production manager is Natalia Fidelholz. Our digital editor is Amanda Alcantara. Our interns are Julia Inés Esparza and Julia Rocha. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, I'll see you on all of our social media. Ciao. Latino USA is made possible in part by the New York Women's Foundation, funding women leaders that build solutions in their communities and celebrating 30 years of radical generosity. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. And the Ford Foundation, working with visionaries on the front lines of social change worldwide. I'm Maria Hinojosa, and next time on Latino USA, my conversation with multi-Grammy award-winning artist and Puerto Rican icon, Jose Feliciano. That's next time on Latino USA. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.